two misguided coaches, one formidable goal. This is the Centre Pass Podcast. Well, welcome back, everyone. It has certainly been a while. I know there's been a bit of delay, but welcome to the much-anticipated final episode of the Centre Pass Podcast. How you going, mate? I'm good, mate. Yeah, very good. Very uh, relieved, I think, to have this underway. It's been, like you said, a bit of time, but yeah, really good to to put a bow on it here. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, now I thought, think we should, you know, give our viewers a bit of a understanding of why it's taken so long. Mm. So, uh, we were a bit busy after the season wrapped up, and we thought we'd wrap up everything in the last few weeks together and then we hit some serious technical issues so sound like just went to the the crap for some reason uh we tried to record it a couple times you couldn't hear us on one of them one of them they sounded bad and one of them uh one of us was loud and one of us quiet but we're here which is probably what some people would want yeah, uh, with me being quite quiet on the episode and and you being quite loud. So, you know, we're finally here and I'm trying to think of everything that's happened since the last episode. We've had a few trainings, we've had a few games, we've had prize giving. Um and now we're here. Yeah, there's been there's been a lot on to be fair and so very excited to really wrap everything up like you say Cam and just make sure that we leave no stone unturned. As we yeah say goodbye to the Centre Pass podcast. Yes, yes. So I think when we last saw you guys, we were just finishing up training, heading into our semi-final versus Eastern. Eastern top of the table, undefeated at this point in the second part of the season. You know we had a tough game ahead of us, but you know we we really try to rally together unfortunately for us we had a few players away a few players sick we had some people had to get to a test Mm. and they just felt it was a bit much to try and play some netball beforehand and then come play and then go to their test which is understandable so we weren't quite in the perfect position but we we knew what we had to do as well yeah that's right and it was very it was there was a bit of confidence i think to be fair i watched eastern play in their final game of the season and their final round robin game of the season and I saw some things that maybe we could work on in training and so there was a little bit of optimism I think from my end for sure. Yeah so we came into this week I think we had an early game 9am again. Another 9am yep we love one of those. 9am not our best time but the girls were there a lot of energy actually we had uh, seven players and a couple of ring-ins on our bench and you know, it was time to sort of get down to business. And we started well. First quarter, 10-5 to us. Unbelievable. I think it was the perfect start for us in terms of coming out with the energy that we've become very, very well known for. Uh, It was something that we spoke about at the start of the game as well in terms of coming out there with good energy and playing at a high tempo and, and really seeing how Easton respond to that. And to our credit cam that worked a wonder 10-5 to start the game yeah it was certainly like a different vibe I think Eason had never sort of experienced that pressure and they they sort of were showing that cracking under a little bit very uncharacteristic sort of mistakes from them we sort of got 
in their face. They were very good at protecting the ball usually. We got in their face, we got a bunch of turnovers and we shot well and we moved the ball well and, you know, just really brought that energy. Uh, one quick note, Alex was outstanding. She moved into mm. wing attack um, due to Eddie being away and, oh my gosh, she that was her position. She looked, she looked beautiful and controlling the ball and physical on the fence, which was really cool to see. Um, but going into the second quarter, you know, we see why Eastern were a, a really strong, well-drilled team. They came back 14, really. Yeah, they're a team that were solid, if not uh, spectacular, uh, in terms of position and really making things a lot more calm, a lot more melodic, a lot more rhythmic, and really a sign of a team that has played a lot of netball together, I think, in terms of just how they were able to control the game. So, yeah, I think they did what they did well. And so it's, yeah, it's come out at 10-4 in the second quarter to them, uh, which meant that can we were trailing by one goal at halftime, still anyone's to play for. Yeah, and I think, you know, at this point, the girls were pretty proud of the effort so far. We went into the third quarter and unfortunately went down 3-7 in this quarter. And I think the fatigue was just on the show. We... We obviously didn't have a sub and just a few mistakes that were uncharacteristic from a few players as they, you know, threw a random long pass. I know, I know someone tried to throw a no-look pass, which uh, yeah, was... Coach, the, coach killer kind of stuff there. Yeah, you know, it was the right pass, but it just <laughs> missed its target by a mile. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, like... No, just a few silly things. The, and effort, the effort was still there. I think that's the key thing. They they were still trying rather than, you know, putting their heads down and, and wondering what could have been. They were still giving it a good go. Yeah, it was an interesting one for us because no one really stood out as playing, you know, extremely well or extremely poorly. You know, no one really was showing their signs of fatigue. They were all doing their roles, just starting to break down a little bit. And it left us a challenging sort of, thing to think about as a coach which was do we bring these girls who we've got to sit on our bench on or do we stick to the lineup we had because it was working well but you know, obviously just falling off a little bit here as well and bearing in mind we were only down by five so so there was still a lot to play for as well in terms of bringing new players on and versus maybe showing the faith in the in the current crop as well so it's difficult, I guess, when you've, you're trailing by maybe 12 or 15, maybe to try something different versus five where you're still very much in the game and you know that as a team they have the opportunity and the ability to create leads of five, which we did in the first quarter. So, again, plenty to play for still with a quarter to go. Yeah, it was a interesting one around just the, um, you know, We'd been in it, and how long could we stay in it over mm-hmm. the sort of last piece of the game? And I think, in hindsight, getting some fresh legs on was probably the right decision, but we didn't make that decision. We left a, a whole seven players on for the awful quarters. Excellent effort from them, but we fell away in this final quarter, three ten. Final score of twenty to thirty two. Eastern really closed it out in that last five or so minutes. It was just an impenetrable wall when they had the ball. I just couldn't, you just couldn't take it off them. Yeah, again, they were just very solid, if not spectacular. They were very clinical and just did what they did well and what I had seen them do the week before, which was 
when they got a turnover, they capitalized on the turnover and then they would score off their own as well. So it made it quite difficult in terms of really trying to get back into the game. You start to force passes, you start to put pressure on to score early and quickly. Uh, but in the end, like you say, Cam, they were just too slick and just too controlled. Yeah. Anything you sort of else you have to say about the game? Anything you learnt from that one? Oh, I think it's just difficult, isn't it? Because you're you're coming up against a team that has played very, very well all season. They hadn't lost a game. And, you know, they've done that on the back of key combinations that have probably been building for the best part of, you know, three or four, maybe five years, maybe longer. And so they each know each other's game reasonably well. And that's just the difference between some teams like them and teams like ours, which changed every week. I don't think we had the same combination at all in any game this season and so it's just a case of learning each other's roles and how each other play you know in terms of the dynamics between players it's all it's all so interchangeable but when you have that consistency every year and players who are in this team for every year and every year it just makes things easier which we just didn't have unfortunately but that's that sport yeah certainly our first taste of finals nitty and yeah you know, finals is always a different game because, you know, it's all on the line. Last sort of stitched effort. And uh, I think experience wins out in, in finals, football or netball or any sport a lot often, more often than, you know, than not. Um, but I was very happy with the girls' effort, especially to come out 10-5 in that first quarter against, mm. you know, the best team in our division. They were very drilled and you know, they made them play some different and that team sort of had to learn to play their own style again, which um, was cool to see. I think one thing I did learn from it was, uh, I and I think when you're on the court, it's very easy to lose track of the game. And I think we talked about this earlier in the year, you know, maybe not uh, talking about what the score is, not letting the score get to people's heads and stuff like that. In hindsight, you know, maybe... A little mention of what the score was especially after the second quarter because i don't think the girls realized in the first quarter that we were up by you know five mm. and then you know you roll in knowing that you're definitely down in that second quarter i i doubt they knew that we we're only down by one and maybe you know if we could calm them down by letting them know that it was 14 15 at half time that they may have just relax a little bit more because some of the mistakes they, they sort of made maybe look like they were desperate to score to get the you know, score line sort of mm. ticking back the mm. right way. But um, you know, that's a you know, one to learn, isn't it? You know, I know that if you're in the top level of scoreboards right there, you can look at it, but um yeah, something to sort of take away from it. But you know, <clears throat> that left us, you know, if we sort of call this the the breakdown real quick in between weeks, that left us with a third and fourth playoff against College Green, I believe two weeks ago well, before that, we'd played them um, sort of to finish out the regular season yeah. and we'd had a, a loss and we, we weren't at our best that day, but, you know, coming to it, we think we were one each against them and so we knew we could beat them uh, and we just had to deliver a final performance to lock out the bronze sort of medal. And how'd that sort of go, Machu? Yeah, so so unfortunately, Cam, I think you were unavailable that week. I think you must have been working elsewhere. Uh, so a very I remember training being quite a tough tr last training I think in terms of you know it was the last time that all of us as coaches and players were going to be together uh, before Cam 
uh, headed off uh, to do some physio work on the side. And so we had a good turnout, actually. We had a good number of players. We also had uh, Claire's family come to that game as well, uh, as well as some flatmates of another player and all sorts. So there was actually quite a good crowd, which was awesome to see for us. Uh, and we responded really, really well. Uh, we started the game, you know, it was very tense. It was a very tense game here and there, uh, goal for goal. We ended up winning the first quarter 8-7, to seven, a very, very tight first quarter. Uh, the second quarter, only 12 goals in it, uh, but it was a very, very uh, tense game with one break in it, and it was a break that we had. So we ended up taking the second quarter 7-5 to take a 15-12 Halftime lead cam, a very small, I guess a very small lead, but a very tense game. I think everybody was on edge, and, and it kind of felt like a, a final of, of some description, to be fair, a bronze final, uh, shall we say. Yeah, you know, obviously, final week, final game for us, and we still had a bit of silverware as such to say we were playing for. Mm. I know that I was watching on my phone, looking at the scores, you know, nerve-wracking stuff, and you can't see the game. Uh, three goals in it, handy lead, but a delicate lead as, as such. That's right. And we, as we really tried to do all throughout the season, we really focused a lot on bringing a lot of energy, a lot of accuracy, and a lot of intensity to the third quarter, which we obviously refer to as championship quarter. And that's exactly what happened. We came out and took a 9-4 lead in that third quarter uh, to really start to pull away 24-16 at three-quarter time. And then just to really put the icing on the cake, we finished uh, the last quarter with an 11-8 win there too. So we won all four quarters. We win 35 goals to 24. Cam, we finish the season in third place in senior two. Yeah, I think, you know, when we started the year, to be there was probably not where we wanted to be. But once we sort of got into the sort of rhythm of things, I think, you know, finishing in the top three, of our division where we were at the time very happy war you know one game out of the sort of finals that we lost and that was it yeah that's exactly it mate and i know that we obviously had andrea on the show uh, not too long ago and she was hoping that we'd get a top four finish and then you know fingers crossed to make the final but i feel like that we achieved what we came out to achieve which was top four in senior two again bearing in mind a lot of our players are returning from a couple of seasons of not playing or COVID or the like. And so I remember before the last game, uh, we got out the goals that we started the season with. And I know that you did these with them in the culture session that I missed because I was at work. Uh, but basically ticked all of them off that we had hoped to achieve. Were we competitive? Yes. Uh, did we play in the right spirit? Yes. Did we... Um, Oh gosh, you might have to help me out with some of these. But but basically all of these objectives that we started the season with in terms of everybody surviving the season injury-free or, or making it through the season, you know, tick. So there were quite a few things that I think before that last game we were very, very proud of as a team and then went out there and put together our, I'd, I'd call it our best performance of the season in terms of our defensive intensity, in terms of our ability to turn uh, ball over and to score off it and then score off our own and then of course to finish the game strong and not to let uh, let momentum slip so again an 11 goal win to finish third I feel very very happy about that as a coach a first time coach as well 
yeah, I remember, I obviously wasn't there, but, you know, your final thoughts on that and sort of wrap it up well, but I do know that I was messaging you sort of after the game and you you, you had messages that were pages long, <clears throat> you know, discussing sort of how well the team played and how awesome it was. You could just feel your energy through the messages of how stoked everyone was and every, all that and the photos started pouring through and I was a bit, you know, a bit jealous I wasn't there, but, uh, you know, awesome effort from the girls to finish out the year and, and, you know, it was really cool to sort of finish up. But that wasn't the last game of netball we were involved <laughs> with, was it, mate? <clears throat> no, it wasn't. You're right. It wasn't the only win uh, that we sort of signed off on. Uh, so, yeah, you're right, Cam. There was a, a very exciting, interesting new initiative uh, that they are calling the Coaches v Captains game. Uh, which they hold at the end of the season. And basically it's just a chance for all of the coaches and captains to share a bit of a laugh together and to, you know, kind of bring the curtain down on the season and with a bit of fun uh, and a bit of banter and a bit of rivalry as well. So unfortunately, Cam, you couldn't be there. Yeah, same weekend as the finals. So I was away and very gutted actually to not be able to participate. Yeah, I know our captain Amanda was also... Uh, disappointed she couldn't be there as well to participate but we did have a very able substitute in Ella uh, who was in that midcourt and so I uh, had the privilege really of not only wearing uh, an uncomfortably short dress um, or skirt uh, and a bib as well I also had the privilege of captaining the game uh, captaining the team so that was awesome yeah I, you know for those who haven't seen the photos that might have been floating around on uh. social media yet uh, much you didn't realize that the other male player was also going to wear a dress, but yeah. but um he uh, learned that you can put something under that. Well, you know what? It wasn't even just him. Uh, you know, three or four of the other coaches wore a shirt underneath their dress as well. So I felt quite stitched up, frankly, uh, that this wasn't presented as an option. Uh, so there'll be words uh, for time memorial uh, of complaint to the likes of that committee for not giving me the uh, the heads up, but maybe that's just something that happens in your in your first game, Cam. Yeah, look, sometimes you gotta make some mistakes, but um, <laughs> but no, this game wasn't a much as mishaps because you guys you won. Oh, look, I, I'd say there'd be a couple of qualifier qualifiers for much as mishaps from the game. I was playing centre for the first two periods, and we were down eleven ten. I probably didn't help by uh, standing in the defensive circle, passing the ball with our goalkeeper uh, when I was wearing the centre bib. So, you know, immediate straight offside there. Uh, you know, gave the ball away pretty easily off a couple of centre passes as well. So, uh, look, at the game as the game went on, I got a little bit more confident. Like I said, we were down 11-10 after the first couple of periods, uh, but a massive turnaround uh, in these next two. I think we were up uh, 22-15. After four periods, there were six periods of five minutes each, uh, by the way. And by the end of the game, we won 34 uh, goals to 25. So a very, uh, I don't know what you call it, a bit of a seesaw game. Uh, but we were very, very lucky, to be fair, to have some quality, some quality in the shooting circle in, uh, I've, I've forgotten his name. Bryn. Some quality in Bryn who plays for the New Zealand men's team or was in the men's New Zealand men's squad. Uh, he was in our shooting circle doing the business. So a very, a very happy captain. And so we got to lift that trophy, or I got to lift that trophy at prize giving uh, the following week, which was very exciting. 
Um, and yeah, it was very cool. Over, very stoked. Very stoked. Yeah, it's always good to sort of hear that. You know, you you got out there and tried it. Um, I was, you know, very sort of jealous that I couldn't just get out there and show my netball skills that what I've learned over the year or what I've sort of put into these practices because you know as we've sort of discussed we haven't just been coaches we've been participants and practices at times so you know <laughs> um a bit of redemption could have been needed uh, you know you haven't mm. mentioned it but you know well done to the defensive team who won the netty touch over over the year um yeah you know i think it was one game difference between who won and lost mm-hmm. but uh when it came down to it the way that they just definitely wanted it more, you know. They, you know, they were willing to go to things <laughs> oh, that goes. things that you know goes. other teams probably weren't willing to do to just win a game of friendly nitty touch and in, in a training. But hey, look, if you want to play that way, that's fine. Um, but we'll move on. <laughs> so we'll move on to our sort of regular scheduling in terms of <laughs> you know things we have in our podcast, Dear Diary. Now, for those who are only choosing and tuning in today. Dear Diary is our segment where we wrap up sort of something we've learned from the last few weeks or however long between episodes. And so I'll throw to you, Machu, for your final Dear Diary entry. Yeah, well, where where do you go with this one? It's it's hard because, you know, we've learned so much on this journey. We've learned so much around what makes a team click, what makes a culture click, what we could do better, you know, all those sorts of things. And so there are so many things that you can take away and think, well, this is this is something that I needed to know, but I I think for me the the final dear diaries just to almost sum it all up really, is that everybody in the team, regardless of if they're playing or not, regardless if they're new or not, uh, you know if you if you make them feel included, they'll have their own role to play and they'll be able to help the team in any way they can. You know you think about players that get injured, you know they still have a role to play on the sideline on game day if they want to. You know they can help inspire teammates. They can help to run drills and they can feel involved and included. And that's what you want. It all adds to the team culture, I think, of trying to be inclusive and trying to get the most out of all of our players and all of our coaches. So for me, it's about making sure that every player feels included and that you're able to then get something out of them that contributes to that team-wide culture. And I think that's the key thing for me, inclusion, involvement, and making sure that everybody, regardless of how long they've been in the team, how long they've played netball, how many games they've missed through COVID or injury, you know, everybody has a role to play if you make them feel included, Ken. Yeah, you know, always important to sort of make sure we think of the players who are not playing as well as the players who are playing and stuff like that. And then, you know, our culture was something that was important for our team. And I think, you know, one of those things that helped make that was sort of our ability to do that. Now, for me, my sort of dear diary, you might have alluded to it a little bit earlier, is a sort of a team of common goals will succeed. And so at the start of the year, we set some goals and and, um, can't quite find them on my phone. It's been a while. That's how, you know, how long the journey started ago. But I know that they were sort of to be competitive, um, you know, to have fun, survive was one of them, Mm. you know, and, you know, just be be good teammates to each other. Yeah, playing in the spirit of the game, I think, was another one too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, you know, I think we sort of said that we wanted to walk off the the, the 
caught at the end of each week, you know, happy with how we, we played, not necessarily the scoreline, but how we held ourselves and conduct ourselves. And we certainly did that. And we did, we were competitive across the year. You know, we took a couple of games to get into it. And the odd game where we just fell off, you know, what we could do. But, um, you know, we're certainly competitive and, you know, finishing third and senior two shows that. Uh, the final goal in there was beat White. You know, Albion White, unfortunately, we didn't ever actually get to play them in actual competition. But we got to play them every week, sort of, or almost every week, at the end of the training session, in some full court to sort of, you know, run some sort of practices and yeah. stuff like that. And I think we've been probably beat them earlier at some point in the year, but we didn't take sort of scores and stuff like that. But you know, we've been very competitive without them, with them throughout the season. But we sort of made sure we'd take some scores in the final sort of week and uh, final full court. And, you know, we agreed uh, partway through, I said to sort of live, I said, uh, you know, winner of this one wins full court for the season as well. Yeah, so and she agreed, you know, last one wins basically. And, Smart play, man. Yeah, awesome sort of thinking. And then... Uh, <laughs> And a little, uh, little self pat on the back there. I think we were three or four goals up by that point, so it was a good chance to flush that <laughs> one in. But um, <clears throat> you know, we did carry on to sort of close that game out, and you know, it was a bit of fun. But we we did get that win, so um, sorry, White, but uh, good effort throughout the year. But we'll take the full court championship as well. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love yep. that. Um, but you know, we we all made our goals, and we. And I think that was the thing that brought our team together is having a common sort of mindset and, you know, what they wanted to achieve and what each individual person was working to throughout the, the week or the year. We were doing that. And so, you know, no one could get angry at anyone. We were all working together and it helped really flush in that culture that was very important to our team and why our girls love playing for the Fizz. Mm, I, I couldn't agree more, mate. I, I don't think I could have said any of that any better, to be fair. All right, so a couple more things to sort of go through. You know, we're moving into prize giving now, which was a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, I think it was the Thursday after um, the final games. And, you know, it was a hell of a night. I wasn't able to join the pre-session, but you were there, mate. How was that going <laughs> Oh, it was really good, to be fair. Uh, you know, we had a lot of the players, I think all of the players there, uh, which was pretty awesome. Uh, and a massive thanks to Amanda for hosting. Uh, you know, it took me right back to my undergraduate days, you know, very small house, uh, you know, 11 people, 12 people in the living room. And then I, the poor, her poor flatmates who were trying to cook dinner while there were 12 people in the circle in the, <laughs> in the living room there was quite funny to watch. But it was really fun. You know, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of relief, I think, and, uh, you know, people who really enjoyed their season, really got amongst it. And, and we all spoke at length about how much we enjoyed the season, which was really nice. And for me, it was really nice to just be able to relax and sort of obviously talk to them as people rather than as coaches and players and, and whatnot. And so it was nice just to sort of relax and watch some yeah watch some dancing and some beer pong and stuff go on it was it was kind of nice it was just a bit different not used to it you know as a coach and and player and stuff like that but it was cool to to just be in that spirit you know and and to just really enjoy each other's company and and we've done it all season um but to have it now 
um, with a focus just on price giving rather than a game was was special. It was really cool. Yeah, I think I was at work and I, you know, a few messages and stuff going on to the group chat. By the time I clocked off work, and I sort of knew that everyone was on a different level than I was. But <laughs> I think we'll quickly mention that uh, prize giving was a fancy dress theme in terms of iconic geos. Now yes, we fought very, very hard about, um, you know, what iconic duo we could be, and you know, I think. Do you want to give some? Do you want to give some examples of of some of the iconic duos that maybe other teams did, or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, there was classic angels and devils, and yeah. uh, I think there was little Bo Peep and her sheep, which was quite a good one. Uh, Grew and his minions. Yeah, that was one. Yeah. Is there any other ones that you can think of that were quite good? Um, there was. A Cruella de Vil and the 101 Dalmatians was another one. Yeah, I think, and there's also, um, it's quite a good one, isn't it? But there was also a Atreides and, <laughs> and, their, and their ladies. I, I mean, I, I think it was actually schoolgirls, but um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll call it Atreides and there. the ladies. Leave it there. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Move on. Um, I don't know if that's quite the iconic duo that you're looking for, <laughs> no. but we probably went with the most advanced iconic duo, oh, absolutely. You know, power couples, levels, status kind of thing. Um, there's a podcast going around called the Center Pass Podcast, and there's two <laughs> coaches on there called Coach Cam and Coach Machu, and um, I think getting your own name in there. <laughs> um, so we went as the iconic duo of Coach Cam and Coach Machu, which... You know, for us, it was quite easy. We put our suits on. We actually lent out our track suits to a couple of the girls and the rest of the girls sort of found the closest thing to a suit up. and rolled up as us, which was cool. Now, I think it was it's key to mention here as well that as part of the prize giving, you know, costume sort of thing, you had to message the facilitator or the, the person who was organizing the event to make sure that, that that costume wasn't going to be replicated by another team. So as soon as I found out that we were going to be going as ourselves, I, I made sure that I told the secretary straight away in case other teams wanted to do the same. Because I wouldn't be surprised, Cam, if quite a few Coach Cams and Coach Machu showed up that night, to be fair, from different teams. So yeah, good that we got that sorted. I believe she asked, you know, for the thing, and we seen a picture of ourselves first saying, this is the iconic duo, and she was like, who? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think she, she thought yeah, you were joking. Us. And we're like, and she was like, cool. And then I assumed for the next 10 minutes, she had to tell other people that, no, you can't come as Coach Cam and Coach Machu because yeah, yeah. they're already doing it themselves. Yeah, um, and, and really sorry about that as well. Yeah, you missed out on a great chance. I'm sure you all had your costumes ready as well. Yeah, yeah. went to the screen printers. But prize giving was an awesome night. It was a chance for us to sort of wrap up our season celebrate with the girls what we achieved over the year i think for us it really showed our team spirit it's the way we came together you know by the time i showed up there was a few beverages consumed by most players and um you know i felt very welcome to the screech of cam as i sort of roll in the door and everyone's like cam's here yeah i was like wow like you guys are charging yeah charging (laughs) um and you know it was an awesome night to sort of reflect on some achievements from our players as well, which I think we should mention a little bit. I'm going to rattle through the awards and much is going to say who won them and there's a little wrap on them. So um, we had our player of the year, which was who, Machu? Yeah, so the player of the year was a tough one, to be fair, wasn't it, Cam? And there was some to and fro uh, uh, but from us on this, but in the end it was this person who we thought had a serious contribution on and off court. Uh, and that for us was Caitlin Payne. She did a fantastic job all season, our star shooter, who really did 
make the difference for us sometimes between winning games and not winning games. So congratulations to Caitlin. Yeah, she certainly sort of stamped her mark on you know the games we won. She definitely had a you know big sort of sway in that, which was really cool to see. And you know there was a few honourable mentions out there, which sort of brings us to our players player as well, who was also in the running sort of that player of the year, and that was. That was Rashi Kunanayaga. She was fantastic for us from wing defence all season, which we must admit is not her preferred position. She prefers goal defence, but for the team, she made sure that she made that wing defence bib her own. She was so good, and she had such aerial ability. It was no surprise, actually. She was a very she was very much a runaway winner uh, for Players Player of the Year, which I think was very vindicating for us as well for her to have been in our own uh, player of the year conversation as well so yeah congratulations to Rashi yeah and I think Rashi should consider you know making the full-time move to win defense she's very fast very quick and I think she can have a bit more impact throughout the court like that really isn't it that's right mate that's exactly right bud right and so next one you know I think was probably the toughest one actually like we did the probably debated over the other one for quite a while but um I think this one was the hardest one to really even start to, you know, single out anyone, which is most improved. Because a lot of players improved so much throughout the year, and it was really cool to see. But, you know, who did who stood out the most? And that was who, mate? Yeah, so, so among those unlucky to miss out on most improved were you, Cam, uh, and myself. But obviously we weren't playing. But the key one, I think, the thing that got this over the line for me was just seeing that massive change towards the end of the season particularly with one of the other players being unavailable you know she stepped up and she did a very very good job and so the winner of our most improved player uh, was Claire Stubbs yeah she certainly was a bit of a confidence player you know I think earlier on she was a bit up and down um, but then she sort of found her feet she sort of I know that there was that game where she just from there on once once she started going, the rest of her season was really good. She, I think, I'm sorry, Claire, but I think you came out and missed the first four or five shots you had, and then every shot for the rest of that game you didn't miss. But like, you know, after that you'd been awesome throughout the whole of the season. Yeah, and, I agree. And you really um, found your obviously shooting was really good, but you also found your feet around moving in and out of the circle, which was cool as well. Yeah, I thought she she really stepped up and. It was so good to have her family there for that last game as well, to cheer her on and to see the progress that she'd made uh, over the season as well. And and she definitely went to another level as the season went on and, and it was so good to see, but probably for her parents to see as well. Yeah, you know, it's always nice to sort of perform in front of the parents and see probably the growth from when she was at high school to there. I don't know yeah. when the last time they probably watched her play a game of netball was, but... Um, you know, we had an awesome night at prize giving and and it was a great way to sort of close up the season and, and celebrate. I know I went home a little bit earlier. You stayed on to really celebrate and had a great night. Um, I think you had the day off after. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd tactically taken the day off about three weeks beforehand uh, just to make sure that I could push the boat out as much as I could. And that was on the advice of the, of the treasurer of the uh, of the committee. So... Smart play from from you, Andrea, to let me know about that little that little life hack. Yeah, and I I think we should sort of thank the the club again, you know, for bringing us on and accepting us as coaches and giving us all the support. It was awesome, and you know, thanks for hosting that night as well. Yeah, well said, mate. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think uh, you know, for them, it's, it was a, the the night was a credit to them. It was their first 
in-person prize giving uh, in three years, I think it was obviously pre-COVID. There there were quite a few of them. So it was the first time they've been able to celebrate in-person with people, yeah, for, for two or three years. So they did a fantastic job and, you know, again, a real extension of what the club has achieved uh, on and off the court and there were some some fantastic results uh, for the teams that were um, you know that were representing the club I must I must just quickly say just to go back to our senior two Easton shock of the season the previously unbeaten Easton lost in the final to the Southern Crows so unfortunately after a long undefeated season They've fallen short at the final hurdle, so they'll be playing Senior 2 again next year. That's unfortunate, but congratulations to the Southern Crows. Is that true? That's very 1,000% true. What was the score? They lost the final. Do you know what the score was? I'll have a look later, but they definitely <laughs> lost the final. Wow, I'm sure they didn't, but well done to Southern Crows. You know, I mean, it had to happen at one point, yeah. You know, those, I think us as a free, I don't, you know, it's tough to lump us in with them, but because it's easy to sort of pat yourself up. But I think three of us as a as a group were sort of the teams that could have, you know, really closed it out and on the day could have, you know, traded blows. I think we just really showed that sort of opportunity to, you know, sort of win. And um, I'm not surprised. Well, I sound surprised. I am a surprise because Eastern have had an awesome season. feel a bit gutted for them. But, you know, I'm not surprised because they were, Seven Crows were a very good team as well. Yeah, there were two very close teams, to be fair, and and I think one, you know, like I sort of mentioned about Eastern before, you know, they are very much uh, around composure and making sure that they do things on their kind of terms, and, and sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. But yeah, they unfortunately, yeah, came up short in the final, which I, I still can't believe, to be honest, to be fair. Yeah, well, you know, unfortunate for them but you know they've got a chance to run it back again next year and probably have the same group of girls there as well so what we're going to move into now is we sort of wrap up the podcast and wrap up um you know wrap up the podcast for this episode but the podcast for a whole as well and we'll start to get into you know maybe the sobby stuff near the end here but we're going to sort of go into some high highlights and some lowlights um and I think I'll start us off with, you know, one of our best highlights, which was winning our first game, mate. It was an awesome experience and a bit of relief for us, really, as well. Yeah, well, I think we, we'd had that, obviously, that first game was a one-goal loss to Charlie's Angels in Senior 1. We had a couple of other tough results along the way. But boy, oh boy, I think just the sheer relief, like you say, Cam, to, to get that first win on the board, I think it just kind of meant that from there, there I didn't really feel any pressure on myself or all the girls to to do because we got at least one victory this season uh so so in order you know for then i think we won five of our next seven or something like that um ridiculous uh but that first win of course was against college green who we had beaten in our final uh senior two uh, match of the season to, to come third so a bit of deja vu there but yeah fantastic achievement to get that first win on the board yeah i think we talked about how we you know we're broadcasting results to the world and I think we were three losses in a row going into it and we were both sitting here like oh my gosh mate we may have made the biggest fool of ourselves in the world you know sort of go out and sort of show everyone that we have no idea what we're doing and at that point until then it may have felt that way but we got the win and we breathed easy for a bit what was your what was one of your highlights mate oh I think I think one of the highlights for me to be fair mate was just 
getting to know the players uh, at a pretty decent level. And it's, you know, it, it's typical, isn't it? You know, we're sort of, you're sort of talking about um, them as athletes and, and Classic Much is talking about them as people. But, you know, in terms of the BYOs that we've been able to have because of the culture that we created and, and, you know, being able to learn little bits and pieces that are kind of funny little in-jokes or, you know, nicknames that we didn't know about and things like that that start to get ingrained in the culture. Uh, I really enjoyed that and, and really enjoyed the the buy-in from the girls uh, with the karakia as well. I thought they did an awesome job. We as a team did an awesome job of remembering and understanding the karakia, why we do it, and then really making sure that we made the most of that karakia as well. So so those are a couple of things I think that are, are definite standouts for me at the moment. Yeah, I think we sort of mentioned, you know, the BYOs and stuff like that for our culture. It was really cool to sort of get behind those and get those going. We'll throw into a few lowlights of the season before we maybe close out with a highlight to sort of finish. I know you've mentioned this one here, mate, but I'll let you sort of discuss this one because I know you're a real big preacher of it. Tell me about this lowlight here. Oh, just, I don't know if you could tell. There was a massive breath, <laughs> breath into the game, into the microphone. 9 a.m. games, Ken. Look, they were an absolute bugbear for us. And I know that we never, you know, we tried. We tried our best with 9AMs. But, you know, some players, I think it's fair to say, are not morning people. I think we can say that. You can you can be super honest about that, super upfront. But the hardest thing, I think, is just trying to, to get motivated, to get into the zone, to start at 9AM. And, and it's not, obviously not to need netball's fault or anything like that. But yeah, that was a that was a big one for me. That was a big low light in terms of just the the number of games that we'd have at nine a.m. against really tough teams. Like I don't know if you noticed, but you know we always had the toughest teams at nine a.m. So that was an interesting uh, sort of experience. But I guess the best thing about the nine a.m. you know looking for a silver lining here was you know plenty of parking, lots of parking yeah. at nine a.m. Got to take silver linings when you can. Absolutely, but, um, mate. You have to at nine a.m. I'm so, yeah. and I'm such a not a morning person. I don't think just about anyone on our team was, but we did. I think we we found our sort of way to get us going, and I know the girls came in really well prepared for the final game at nine a.m., which was the semi final, which was cool to see and and stuff. But you know, you're not my preferred thing. Maybe a solution for that is we uh, give our all our team a part time job that works from nine to ten o'clock or something like that, and you know, ask for a time request every week based on the fact our team is working until ten. That might work. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's that's one way to do it, mate. I think we'll finish off with one more highlight, which um, you can tell us about. Yeah, I think the cool thing about this team that we've had the privilege and honour of coaching this year is, is just how they've gone about their work in terms of happy to sacrifice their own positions in order to help the team. Uh, and that's been super obvious for us. And, you know, players you know, trying to do their best for the team at all times and, and understanding that, you know, an intercept here is, is a waste unless it actually gets through the court and that's for the benefit of the team. And, and this kind of was a really important part of our fizz whanau, uh, as we call ourselves. And, and I've really, I think, I've really enjoyed watching them dial into that as well in terms of, you know, players on the sideline are super vocal and supporting each of the players that are on the court uh, the team members that are on court are yelling, you know, and I sort of suggested a bit of a tikka masala tactic, which is just basically where you yell really loud uh, what you're having for dinner that night or, or your favourite meal from an Indian uh, restaurant. Uh, but mainly as an opportunity to get some... White noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
some yeah some intensity and to help get everybody back united on that on that spirit as well and, and it worked quite well I thought but I guess the key thing there is everybody bought into it and everybody was understanding and willing to look after the team and whether that was to help with some of the drills whether that was to come up with some ideas for some set pieces or set plays I should say you know there were heaps of different ways I guess that we as a team work together to get the best result for us as a team and, and I definitely don't think we would have done as well as we did in senior two if everybody didn't buy into that as well yeah you know super proud of everything that's come from this season as well and so Look, we've sort of got scheduled here to do a bit of final thoughts and we've kind of covered a lot of it, so we'll probably just kind of half skip over it. But, you know, in terms of final thoughts of the season, you know, I was really proud we achieved our goals and we learned a lot. Um, and, you know, just sort of very humbled for the experience as well. Yeah, I think that's, and I couldn't agree more, to be fair. Uh, you know, I, and I wish the club well. Uh, in terms of the next season and, and obviously preparation for that's going to take place. <laughs> we know when that starts, uh, you know, early next year and, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there. So, yeah, exciting times. Yeah, and I think we have a little bit of Q&A, is that right? Yeah, so I've got five questions here uh, that I thought I would throw to you uh, from a, a long-time listener. They've asked us, the, this is, I'm going to, I reckon the way that we do this is I'm just going to throw them at you and you just come back with a quick response. Yeah, okay? we'll just fire through them. Fire through. Here we go. First one. Biggest thing you've learned on this journey? Uh, success isn't measured by the score. Love that. Next one. Best advice for anyone looking to get into coaching for the first time? Just do it. Love that. Next one. It's <laughs> quick. What would you say was the greatest achievement for each of you during this journey? I think we've, we've covered that off. We've covered we? that off, highlights? but yep, um, I'll, I'll, I'll go quickly. As I sort of, sort of said, learning about success isn't measured. Do you have anything you'd say? I think the thing that I learned was, the, the best thing I learned was from Nolene Todua around the house. And it's not the house that makes the people, it's the people that make the house. That's the big one for me. Awesome. Uh, okay, uh, next one. What was your biggest mistake? Oh, I've got a whole season of them. Or what? There's an episode about yours, actually. <laughs> okay, yep. What most surprised you about coaching? What was your biggest mistake or what most surprised you about coaching? Um, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but probably my biggest mistake was, you know, chasing scores early on. But I, I learned a lot about that balance. Um, yeah. Look, if you want to know my mistakes, just <laughs> there's literally an episode called the mishap episode, and it's just four things that I did in that one episode. Yeah. Uh, I've got too many to list. Uh, frankly, that's why we have a whole segment on it. <laughs> it's because I was just made so many mistakes. I didn't get a sort of segment titled after me, but. Maybe because my name doesn't work as well as well. Yeah, that's probably, well, well yeah, it, it sucks having a, a great name like mine. But I think what most surprised me is maybe just the level of involvement that I got into it. Like I, I was so deep in terms of, you know, the coaching courses and then, you know, messaging all of the players every week and making sure they're okay, checking in, all that sort of stuff. I got so deep and that was probably what surprised me most was the coaching, was the personal side of the coaching rather than the athlete side. Uh, okay, and last question we have here. Will you be doing another year or another season? Question mark. Okay, so, you know, I think this has gone out onto the social sort of media already, but this is the final episode of the Center Pass podcast for now. Now, much What's the for now? For now. You never know what could happen in the future. <laughs> oh, what? Um, 
at this stage though much and i do not plan on returning to coach netball next yeah, year correct. or i know a lot of people have asked us you know what's the next sport what you know crazy sport that you've not touched um, is on the radar next for next season and next year and at this stage it's none um we're not looking to coach next year that's nothing to do with sort of the coaching it's just uh where we are in our life i know you're potentially looking to move and um you know i'm just i think this year i i, I agreed to take it on before i sort of looked at what i was already doing and you know i pushed myself to the absolute limit to sort of you know deliver to this team and stuff and i think it's time to recharge batteries a bit yeah and and to be honest i think i'm the same uh you know i we take on a lot of stuff. Like we have a lot of extracurricular stuff going on, and and I'm not suggesting that we undervalued or underestimated what this coaching journey would be, but I think it's also just very. It takes up a lot of mental time, uh, and I would again, I wouldn't change it for the world. Trust me on that. I I love this team uh, a lot, but I think yeah, for me at the moment, it's just it's a massive commitment, and it's just hard to sort of fit it in at the moment. Yeah, I think um, when you asked the uh, biggest piece of advice before for someone looking to take on coaching, one other thing I'd throw in there is maybe don't make a podcast about it because <laughs> <laughs> you take a already sort of tough tough job to do and then you know throw in some extra work. A which, thousand times bigger! <laughs> yeah, make it harder, make it bigger. You know, make sure you suck up as much time as possible, but also, you know, the pressure that goes on about, you know, telling everyone about your performances and stuff like that yeah there's nothing quite as humbling as telling people that you lost by 20 odd <laughs> yeah yeah nothing uh, that that week against southern crows was a uh, you know where we just couldn't bring it together and they brought everything and you know it was a humbling week on the podcast oh, wasn't it just but hey again i wouldn't have changed it for anything it has been an incredible ride it's been an incredible opportunity to learn about an area of sport and coaching that i'd never done before uh, so yeah, I feel very lucky to have to have been on this journey, Ken. Yeah, and I'm very lucky to have been on the journey with you as well. Oh, thanks, man. Um, I know we sort of gone through final thoughts and all that, but I think to finish the podcast, and I know it's a long one. Thank you so much for listening so far. Um, but to sort of finish up the podcast on a serious note, you know, we've had a lot of fun over the way, but time to sort of wrap into what the podcast was about and did we achieve what we wanted to do now when we sort of first took on this role in coaching and on the podcast we wanted to sort of you know we'd been inspired by ted lasso to sort of take a leap of faith wanted to inspire people into volunteer roles in community sport now community sport is a as we discussed in that first episode is a massive part of new zealand the culture of New Zealand, the culture of small towns, big towns, etc. You know, you think about schoolboy rugby as a massive sport, you know, um, you know, broadcast on TV at times and stuff like that, you know, but a lot of the stuff that goes into it is a volunteer and a lot of volunteers and to keep community sport alive in New Zealand, clubs, teams, etc. all need volunteers and they all need people to put their hands up and without that, you know, New Zealand isn't the the same place, you know, people aren't playing sport, which is not good for our health, etc. And so um, when we set out, we wanted to prove that, you know, this role isn't too tough and, you know, 
you don't have to have a bunch of skills or a bunch of knowledge to come in and coach your team, but there's other roles in community sports as well. And so I think we set out there and we proved that you know, we had a very strong, very competitive team throughout the year. And, you know, the sort of what we wanted to achieve was prove you could do it no matter who you are. And I think we think we did that, which um, was cool. So hopefully this inspires a few people to give it a crack. I think I don't think I could have said it any better, Cam. You know, just like the Nepal team had our own goals for there. You know, Cam and I had, you know, had a hope, a hope that maybe some person out there would listen to this journey and realize they could help as well. And we've been super fortunate enough, Cam, and I know you might touch on this as well, where we have heard from coaches uh, who have got started because of this podcast uh, who or maybe getting back into the sport uh, because of this podcast as well. So I think the really exciting thing is that you just don't know how much you can impact other people. I guess that's what this podcast has, has kind of taught me and it's made me realize that, yeah, community sport, it's, it's a serious area where, like you sort of mentioned, the, the women who, or the, the women or men who create the, or cut the oranges for half time, the people who do a lot of the governance behind the scenes. Car rides who, even. The what? Car rides even. Yeah, car rides, exactly. People who do a lot of logistical work that never get, mentioned or praised and you know they don't take on the they don't have the big uh, roles like presidents of a club or a treasurer they're just there to help and so I think I've learned a lot more about volunteering in that space as well as coaching and it's been a yeah it's been awesome to know and for us to walk away from this cam knowing that someone at least is now coaching because of this podcast one more person who's in this community sports space because of this podcast it's awesome. Yeah, it's really awesome. Um, you talked about impact before, and I, one thing I learned was how much we could have a big impact on the girls, and that really showed. Um, I can't believe we haven't mentioned this, but they made us a podcast to sort of say thank you. They yes. made us a 10, 15-minute episode where they sort of played all our pieces and did all our things. They did their diary, and they also spoke about their special moments from the season and stuff like that, and we promised we wouldn't share any of it with you because they were embarrassed, but... Um, yeah, I, cr- I cried when I heard that. Yeah, I think I think so I watched. Emotional. I watched in the public place, and it was probably the only thing that stopped me from having a little tear from listening to. Is the point where I really realised that I had a big impact on the girls in that team, and you know, <laughs> you know, they always say that favorite team or something like that. But you're like, yeah, yeah. It wasn't until you heard that you're like, well, we did a big, big difference for these girls, and we didn't have any experience to come in, but we just gab our time and the level of effort they went to like this isn't it's not an easy thing to do a podcast when we've done 19 of them for goodness sake yeah um but for them to coordinate this to record it to put it together to show it off and to to polish it up and to you know steal some of our segments uh i i was blown away and again i think you're right that's that's the perfect example of the impact you can have on your own team wherever you are listening Yes, so thank you to everyone who's listened and participated, all the guests, all the players, coaches from the rest of the club, club, committee, refs, umpires, etc. You know, all the people who have volunteered and and you guys, you know, the listeners as well as I've said you twice now, but you're very important to this journey. Um, thank you so much for listening. Anything you have to say before we go, mate? Just thank you for listening, really. Yeah, all right. Thanks, guys, for coming on this journey.
that is this is Coach Cam and Coach Machu signing out for the final time. Kakite. Kakite. Did you hit record? <laughs> Thanks for listening to Centre Pass. Check out Centre underscore pass underscore NZ on social media and on Spotify for more.